Ever pinch pennies all year for that one family vacation only to feel the budget blues afterward? If so, I was just like you. After three long vacationless years, I stumbled upon travel hacking and cracked the code to amazing vacations that I could actually afford. Welcome to Hacking Your Wanderlust. In this podcast, you will discover how opening credit cards strategically can save you thousands on travel. We're not just dreamers anymore. We're two adventurous moms turning dreams into reality. Join us as we spill all the travel hacking secrets. And contrary to popular belief, traveling on points and miles isn't reserved for the elite or those with overflowing bank accounts. It's for everyday people like you and me learning to turn routine expenses into free travel. Consider us your travel hacking guides. This is Hacking Your Wanderlust. Let the adventure begin. Welcome back to Hacking Your Wanderlust. We are so excited you are with us today. I am your co-host, Joe, And I am your co-host, Mary Ellen. Joe, tell us what has been going on for you. Oh my goodness. Well, I am in the process of kind of revamping spring break. I know I mentioned it uh, in the last episode that uh, I was going to be booking Florida as my first companion pass trip. Um, And that is because I originally planned to do it over President's Day weekend. But when I was looking in the portal and getting ready to buy our Universal Studios tickets, they were running a deal where if you buy the two-day, I know, if you buy the two-day instead of the one-day on points, you get two days free. And so it got me thinking how much nicer it would be if we just spent a little bit more in terms of points, but kind of just had some time to work our way through the park. So then I got to thinking, how can I make this happen? And I was like, oh, obviously spring break is coming up. So it's probably going to be pretty crazy, but it was going to be crazy over President's Day weekend anyways. So now we're going to do it in the middle of a week, like a Monday through Thursday type thing. Sometimes I love that when you can do it a couple more days, it takes a lot of the pressure off. I found that couple times when we went to like Disney World and we only had one day, then it was like, okay, we got to go all in. We got to be moving it every step of the way. You know, like there was just so much pressure to see everything at once. And so spreading it out over a couple days, I bet will be more fun because you can kind of take it at a more leisurely place and just soak it all in. For sure. And, you know, my daughter is just the kind of person who can easily get excited about something and then feel the crushing weight of disappointment. Like if the line for something she really wants to ride is three hours and we only get to go on two things one day in the park. And I was just thinking about how that could be a bit of a letdown. I mean, I can prepare her all day for what the lines are going to be like, but reality is if we went for one day and we didn't have time to do very many things, That would be disappointing for both of us. So I'm revamping it. And one of the added bonuses is that this will ensure that I have the companion pass before we go. So I can rebook those flights with my companion pass. They're already booked on points. So I will get the points back for her seat. And um, that makes me very happy and I will be staying at the Hyatt across the street. They have a shuttle and it was like a weirdly cheap Hyatt. Now the dates were um, more expensive 
than the February dates. So it was, I think, 8,000 a night when I originally booked. The dates now are 8,000 for the first night because it's a Sunday night. And then the other three nights are 9,500. Um, That's good, though. That's still still so good. It's still really, really low. So even adding um, an extra day or two to the mix, depending on when we decide to come home, totally worth it for me. And we will just be able to make our way leisurely through. We get to do all the Harry Potter stuff that I want to do. Yay. We might have one day for like her priorities and one day for my priorities because they're not. That's a great idea though. Kind of think about what's most important to both of you and you'll have plenty of time to get it all in. We'll just, we'll load up on free breakfast in the morning and then we'll probably have a, a fun treat in the park every day and then figure out dinner. And it's just going to be a very travel hacked trip. And I'm really excited to get back and tell you all about it. But now I just have to wait a couple months for it to actually happen. What's the pool situation at that hotel? Do you know? Do they have a nice little pool you can lounge by when you're not in the park? I have to be honest. I did not even look. I was, oh, okay. I actually need to That's do that. me with young kids probably thinking of pool situation and nap time and coming back during the day for that kind of stuff. Right. Well, I love a pool. I would love to lounge by the pool. But I, what I was focusing on was points per night and then also distance from the hotel, distance from the airport, like trying to figure out uh, – not distance from the hotel, distance from the park and distance from the right. airport and like how we were going to get there. I wanted to make sure it was something close with the shuttle. Um, so we didn't have to be lifting all over the place. Anytime you can eliminate a rental car from the situation, I feel like is a win. Absolutely. And I, I didn't want to do it and we don't have to. So it's going to be, I'm just so excited. Yay. Sometimes that's how I pick destinations. Honestly, especially for weekend trips, I'm like, okay, Let's look at what cities have maybe a good deal on Southwest, not too many points that we can zip to with the companion pass. And what cities can I navigate without having to get a rental car? You know, where was a challenge for that is when we went to St. Louis, we wanted to go to Gateway Arch National Park. And it's not the easiest to do without a rental car, but we made it work. We went to the zoo. Yeah, we rode the actual public transport, the train. You took the metro? We took the metro in St. Louis, which people told me, eh, I don't know if that's the best idea. But honestly, it worked. It was fine. And then we got, yeah, we got an Uber for the rest of the way and. We never did um, use a rental car, so it saved money, and it was it was doable. It's maybe not the best city for that, it's but it not. was definitely doable. It's not. St. Louis is not a walking city. Their public transportation doesn't go very far. It's really not ideal, so I'm very impressed that you managed to do that. I also look for the same thing. I, I'm like, where do I not need a rental car? Where can we walk a ton? Where can we take the train? Or... The complete opposite of that, which is where is within a couple hours of my home so I can drive <laughs> there. Right. I don't want to right. rent a car. I saw a funny um, thing on the internet the other day, a funny reel about Midwesterners. I made me think of you and driving. You know, they're like, oh, it's only 15 hours away. We can definitely <laughs> drive. That's Why would you fly for that? I saw the same thing and it's 100% me because growing up, we never flew anywhere ever. No. Everything was a road trip. And I thought that was normal. Like if it's under 15 hours, of course you're driving. Who would fly? That's ridiculous. It was not until travel hacking that I was like, oh, obviously we're going to fly as often as possible. 
My parents still don't totally understand that. Sometimes they're like, well, you could just drive. And I'm like, I know, but I don't mind flying. And then I don't have to concentrate or I can move around. Some. I don't know. Even if it's going to take the same amount of time to fly or drive, sometimes I will opt to fly just because oh, yeah. to me, it's a little bit more fun, a little bit more relaxing. And everyone's different. Some people would totally disagree, but well, I don't I mind flying. As the person who had to be the driver for the five hours to Chicago, I really was appreciating my fiance at that at that moment because he always drives and he was not with us. And I was like, it's hard. It's hard to be the person in charge of the car. I like to be the person with my feet up on the dashboard reading my book or taking a nap. No, no, no. <laughs> See, this is because you have entered a different stage of life than me. I am still in the stage of life where I have little kids in the back oh, yeah. who are constantly asking for things, for snacks, for, you know, turn on my show. My tablet's not working. Turn back on the hotspot on the oh, internet. Like, Oh, I do not miss that. So I prefer to drive because I'm like, no, you sit there and have to keep turning around backwards and like <laughs> try to help them with things. But, you know, we take turns. We work it out. That's so funny. Uh, my fiance won't let me drive. When he is in the car, he wants to be in charge. He doesn't want to panic that I'm, like, not paying attention. I'm a great driver. I don't know what he's talking about. But anyways, that is beside the point. Mary Ellen, why don't you tell everybody who we are having on the podcast today? We are so excited about it. Today, we are talking to Jordan from the Frugal and Free Travelers. He and his wife are an amazing dynamic duo. They've got two little girls, and they have done some incredible travel hacking. Tons of international trips. They have gone business class. They are really kind of masters of it all. His wife is a fantastic photographer. They make some really cool and really helpful videos, so I think it is going to be great. I think they gained a lot of notoriety for a post they made saying that they went on nine trips in one year for under $4,000. So they are the masters. And I am always excited to learn more from people who really know a lot in this space. So without further ado, I think we are going to bring Jordan on to talk to us. Let's do it. We have today with us Jordan from Make sure I'm getting this right because I keep switching the words around. It's the frugal free frugal travelers. Free travelers. Yep, you got okay. it. Okay, but <laughs> for some reason I always say free first uh, every time we were talking about this, so we got to make sure we get that right. And we'll of course tag you and have you go over it again at the end. So welcome, thanks for coming on today to chat with us. Thanks so much for for having me. We love your content. We love your international videos and everything like that. And as I mentioned before, we had technical difficulties. I also now love that you're a Midwesterner. So I always have to point out when fellow, at least I guess that you weren't from the Midwest, but you live here now. So it counts. You have been here over a decade. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm starting to adopt it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think a decade is probably what it takes to be a true Midwesterner. You're fine. Well, we were hoping that you would give us a little bio. We're curious how you got into the world of travel and teaching people about travel hacking and all of that stuff. Just tell us about yourself. Yeah. Thanks again for, for having me on. I think points and miles are some of my favorite things to, to talk about, but it's rare that I'm actually talking to others who are just as passionate about it as as I am usually like with friends and family. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like, yes. like a conspiracy theory guy, like that's 
always what I feel like. Like they just want <laughs> to shut up about it. But yeah, so I've been uh, married to my wife, Courtney, for 12 years. And we have two uh, amazing daughters. Lyndon is eight. Uh, Merritt is five. And yeah, we live in the Indianapolis area where I, yeah, I have a day job that is in um, nonprofit world. And so uh, I can assure you we are you know, firmly entrenched in the middle of the middle class. <laughs> so, right. right. So we got into the the points and miles world kind of out of necessity and and kind of desperation of like our love for travel was too strong to be supported by like our income in and of itself. Um, right. And so um, like the reality was like I wasn't following in the footsteps of Courtney's dad, who's a, you know, financial planner. My mom is a really successful sales rep. Like I'm in nonprofit administration. So like there's only certain things we can prioritize in the um, the budget. And so I personally uh, got into credit card rewards probably, it's been a while because I think my first card was the Chase Freedom, like right when it opened. And that was like, I want to say like 06, 07. Um, and then I, but I started with just cash back, you know, so with the Freedom right. and the Fidelity Rewards card, but really probably like dove into actual like travel rewards. Um, like my first card was the Chase United card. Okay. Uh, probably, you know, a decade ago or so. But yeah, now probably like 60 or so credit cards later, like I probably say wow. we're, probably say we're all in at this. Uh, all in. <laughs> it sounds um, like you are. Did you know when you were opening those first cards, like did you even know welcome offers were a thing or you just got a card and it happened to have one? Oh, no. That first freedom card, I was just like, Hey, if I'm making purchases, I want to get a little, little something back. Um, right. You know, it wasn't until, you know, probably six, seven years later that I like actually started um, getting, getting all the way in. Wow. Jordan, do you remember back? Okay. So you started with that first freedom card, which was actually one of our family's first cards too, back kind of before we knew that yep. before there was a name for travel hacking or a name that we knew of travel hacking. Yep. But do you remember what was your first redemption? And maybe it wasn't a big redemption. Maybe it was small, but that first points redemption, I feel like is so sweet because even when it is something little, it is just so exciting. Yeah. I, I was racking my brain. I don't, I don't remember our first redemption explicitly. Like I think, I don't know if, if you're like me, like anything six or seven years ago or more is like kind of three <laughs> in my mind. Like, yes. um, but I bet it was a few United flights from that first, you know, United card I opened or we got on the Southwest train, like really early too. Uh, so just simple flights, like getting back to see, you know, my parents in, in Texas, see family. But I do remember like bigger than any specific trip. I remember, honestly, I remember the high that I got on those first couple of, <laughs> of redemptions, you know, like, you know, like that thought of like, is this real? Like, this has got to yes. be fake. Like, yes. is this a scam? The IRS is coming for us. Yes. That's like, what it feels I on, like. I am on the list, you know, and because I'm, I am a natural skeptic. That's just kind of how I look at the world. And so I had to research, like honestly, for weeks. Like, mm -hmm. what's what's in it for the banks? Like, the credit card issuers, you know. And then I found the economics that supported it. Like, hey, they're getting two to three percent every time you swipe. <laughs> you know, uh, studies show that sixty to whatever eighty four percent of Americans don't pay off their credit card statement balance in full mm -hmm. each month. Like, they're getting yeah. money from that. They're getting money from late fees when you don't set up auto pay. Like they, um, they're getting annual fees. Like they're like, this is not a handout uh, for them. Like the right. banks are, the banks are making their money. Uh, yeah. 
I'm so glad you said that because that is not something you see people talk about a lot in this space. And it's something that we like to talk about, especially don't use a credit card if you can't treat it like cash, which is a huge one. We don't want anybody going into debt for this hobby. If you're going into debt, you're not getting anything for free. But Mm -hmm. the things that you just said, I've really never thought about what's in it for the banks. And I think that's good for, for people to think through, especially if they're on the fence and they're a little skeptical like how sure. could this be real? Yeah. Those are good, solid right. facts to keep in your head. Like they're using points and miles to to try to secure you as a customer, right? They want to bring you into their ecosystem, but there is an alignment of incentives, right? Like yeah. I just decided I don't want to be their most profitable customer, right? Right. Like because we pay off our cards each month, you know, we set up auto pay to avoid late fees. We're not gonna put on more money on credit cards than if, you know, we were using cash or a debit card. Absolutely. Um, But I think like I got that high and then I combined it with like logic and like, hey, this is legit. And then it was it was off to the races uh, from there because that high I felt those first couple of times right or wrong. I've been I've been chasing it ever since. I mean, it really is unreal. And it it blows my mind when people are not like me in that Mm -hmm. way. You clearly are. We both obviously are. And it, I'm always like, why would you not want to do this? You know, I had a best friend just spent like $3,000 to go on a trip to Mexico. And I was like, I could have helped you do that for free. And she didn't want to. That's our full like travel budget for the year for like 10 trips. Yes. We actually saw that on your blog. We put it in the intro is that one of your big you know, things that people really caught their attention was that you went on, I think it said nine trips for under $4,000 in a a year. I don't understand people who don't want to do the research and don't learn. That's fun for me. And so we decided, you know, we're just going to do a podcast and whoever wants to learn Mm -hmm. will learn. I think it can be so intimidating for people because it is there's a lot to learn or it's confusing or they're nervous. So it kind of starts as this rabbit hole and then you start learning more and more and then you do get hooked. Like you said, you kind of feel that high of, oh my gosh, I made this happen for my family. So that's a big thing we're trying to do here is just kind of help people see like we are normal people. We have jobs. We're middle-class people, but we know how to work the system to our advantage and really take advantage of our everyday spending. We're not rich. You know, we're not flying business class because we just have so much extra money. We've learned how to do it the the right way, the smart way. And it is attainable for people who have a decent credit score and can responsibly use credit cards, there is no reason not to go for this. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some of your listeners are just the people who will naturally just find this like a game, right? They're going right. to want to figure out the puzzle and it's yes. just, they're going to seek that high. But I also think there's the other people who are, it's going to feel like stress. It's going to feel like a burden. It's going to feel like a chore. You know, it's like, we're, we're recording this right in the, the new year. And there's some people who are getting back into the gym and it's just like begrudging. But yeah. it's like, whatever your motivation is, it could be that you like the puzzle or it could be that, you know what, this is worth the work because mm-hmm. I want what's on the other side of this. I think you figuring out either way, like find your motivation um, because it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That is so true. And it really is about a lot more than just fabulous trips. I mean, you said for you, it's going back to, you know, visit family in Texas or whatever. We've just been able to do things 
that we would never have been able to do before. I just took my daughter to Chicago for her 12th birthday. I would never in a million years have been able to spring hundreds of dollars on a Chicago weekend for a 12 year old. Right. It just, it wouldn't have happened and we were able to do it. And it's, it's like, it does not feel real. Sometimes I just have to pinch myself. For sure. I think as a parent, there's a lot of value too. And I think probably here we would all agree in showing our kids outside of our bubble, right? Mm -hmm. Outside of our community, giving them kind of eyes for the world as a whole and other um, communities and how they live and how they work. And there's just so much value in what this hobby does for our children and in their upbringing. And I think that is valuable for a lot of people. Honestly, that's the biggest reason we got into this, to show Mm -hmm. them that the world is much bigger than Indianapolis, Indiana, or the United States. There's people that are different than us with different values um, and and their uniqueness we want to celebrate, not um, demonize. So. Absolutely. That's really cool to see kids get to grow up in that. It makes me a little sad that I feel like I got a late start in it, but it, you know, better late than never. Right. Start when you know, yeah. Absolutely. Well, how about you tell us of your favorite trip uh, of 2023, maybe? Yeah. Can you can you pick is the question. Yeah, I um I I did go through the kind of Rolodex and the the first one that popped in my mind is is Courtney and I got to uh, in May of of last year. We got to go down to Peru, just the two of us. Um, so yeah, Grandma watched the girls, and um, we used a, an Alaska Airlines uh, mileage plan, little sweet spot where it's like forty five thousand Alaska miles to fly on Latam business class. So it was it was JFK, New York City, down to Lima. Um, Latam actually, I think, kind of gets a bad rap. They have newly updated um, business class in their seven sixty seven, and it was. It was fantastic. And then awesome. we got down there, spent a couple of days in Lima, and then we went to Cusco for, for Machu Picchu. And so we used <sighs> uh, Hilton Points for a great stay. It sound, the Hilton Garden Inn, it sounds you know pretty pretty meh, but it was actually really, really nice. Um, and then we obviously got the fifth night free. Mm-hmm. We used Points as a Hilton Elite, um, that just status that we didn't get from actually staying, but from you know one of our, our cards. But right. But I think the biggest thing for me about points and miles is because like there is a reason frugal is one of our like we are pretty cheap like yeah <laughs> partly out of like necessity but also just kind of out of our nature and so like since all of our flights and lodging were covered on points like even for a frugal guy like me like it does make you feel better about splurging on things like hey let's not just walk around Machu Picchu and like ooh you know some some old rocks great like no like let's hire a private guide. And then let's let's do an ATV tour across like the Peru Ring countryside. Like that's not something I'm gonna just like throw out money for unless like we've already had everything else covered with points and miles and it's like Absolutely. we can on these things. So it was it was a magical trip for sure. Yeah, I think that's the cool thing about the whole game gets you so budget conscious. And it allows you to kind of plan your line items accordingly. And then it gives you the space for splurges. We saw Hamilton in Chicago. We would not normally be dropping 100 bucks a ticket on a theater show for the back row. Uh, (laughs) But you can do it because of, of this game. And I think it helps people with their future financially as well. It just gives you a big picture and puts you in the right headspace to to plan the life that you want. I think it's easy in our 30s or 20s or whatever to mm-hmm. not look ahead and right. to just be one day at a time. But this 
gives you that shift. And when you catch the travel bug and you're like, oh, I want to do this forever, it yeah. helps you get smarter in all areas. And I think it's really exciting. And I, I nerd out on it a little bit. Uh, ditto, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what about your favorite trip with your kids this past year? So that was really special. I love that you guys made time and were able to spend time together as a couple, because I think that's so important in relationships. But what about with the kiddos? Oh man, uh, we had some we had some good ones. So some some honorable mentions. We did um, Bahamas and say the the you know Hyatt, um, you know the the Bahamar there. And then probably the the biggest though for me is um, we did uh, for fall break we did um, Istanbul. Um, oh wow! For a couple of days, and then we went up to Istanbul for or we went up to Venice for a couple of days, and then we uh, finished in Vienna and came back. And then on the way back, like speaking of nerddom uh for the first time got to fly on uh you know 747 in the top um so we know the skies like i'm like nerding out and courtney is just you know laughing at me but (laughs) mocking me as she should but i'm just like i haven't taken as many videos in those like you know seven hours that i have in my whole whole entire life but i would have been doing that as well (laughs) that's so awesome that was a ton of fun but yeah istanbul like probably one of my favorite cities in the world. Like it was, the people were incredibly friendly. The food was amazing, like pretty like economical. Uh, and then you finish in Vienna, which is the opposite oh, of man. <laughs> economical, yeah. but right. it was still cool to see. But, um, and just comparing and contrasting with the girls, like, Hey, what's different here? Like, as we're going into the, you know, Hagia Sophia in, in, in Istanbul and, and the girls are wearing, you know, head coverings, like just that's different. Like, um, but not wrong. It's just, it's different. Like what's, you know, what's unique about it and let's celebrate differences. And that's um, so yeah, it was a, so it great. Was a trip. I'm really that's impressed awesome. that you were able to sneak that into a fall break. How long is your fall break? <laughs> it is year round schedule here with actually really, uh-huh. really helps uh, for uh, travel for sure. So we have it does. Just two weeks for both winter and spring break and winter uh, and fall. So People who've never seen you around school push back on it a little bit because it does take kind of a whole community buy-in and adjustment. But I don't know. I'm kind of in favor of it and because of traveling for sure, but as a former teacher for kids too and learning. And I think it's so good for them, but definitely for traveling because you get these little two-week breaks at off-season when things aren't so crazy and busy. For sure. Yeah, I think as a parent, when I had young kids, it was my nightmare to think of that kind of schooling. I was always that working mom that I'm like, what is she supposed to do? Where yeah. does she go? But now I I can't get enough of, of her breaks. And yeah. there, there just are never enough to take all the trips we want to take. Yeah, we don't I like saw- it when she... Yeah, we don't oh, like it when she starts on July 31st. Um, <laughs> but we definitely like it in, in October when that rolls around. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I saw that you guys went to Portugal and that caught my eye because uh, we have a family member who's uh, purchased a home in Portugal and offered a space to come visit. And so I wondered if you had any highlights from that trip or places that you feel like absolutely must see. Well, uh, as you say that, it means that I had a complete brain freeze. So uh, that means that Istanbul was spring break and <laughs> Portugal was fall break. Um, so I was like, that doesn't sound right, but I'm just going to go with it. But uh, No one would have ever known. But until you asked the follow-up, so you caught me in my life. Um, but no, so uh, we we loved 
Portugal, especially we got to, to go to Madeira. So the, the island just yeah. north of the northern coast of Africa there. Like, I mean, they call it the you know, Hawaii of, of Europe, but it's not because it's like a third of the price. Of, right. <laughs> traveling to Hawaii. And then from the East Coast, where we're coming from, like it's about the same length of flight too. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it, ooh, it's a hot take, but I'm going to call it the better, the better Hawaii. Um, just, wow. I, I've just, been pricing Hawaii, and it, it's true. It costs more to get to Hawaii from the East Coast sure. than it does to go to Europe. It's kind of blowing my mind. And honestly, my family has never been to Hawaii, so they really want to go. So we're going, but it's kind of killing me because I know that we could get to Europe cheaper, and it's driving me crazy. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I would just blindfold them, and then the whole <laughs> way, and then get off in Madeira, and they'll think it's you know one of the Hawaiian islands. I can promise you that. Um, wow. But it was it was phenomenal. Like we got it was off season. It was October, but uh, we got an Airbnb for I mean a beautiful right on the water. You know, three bedrooms for like two hundred a night. Like it was just that's awesome. And, and we may or may not have split it with our um, you know in laws too. So. Yes, I <laughs> always tell more. people to bring a buddy for the Airbnb. Yeah. Travel together. Split it up. It was fun. Yes. Um, no, but I mean, because we we this is the, probably the craziest thing we've ever done with. Um, our kids is we did a um, the highest like the, the the highest peak in Madeira. Uh, it's a hike that's like nine miles, uh, but it's also like up and down huge elevations. And we're like, we'll just go as far as we feel, and then we'll just we'll, we'll turn back around, kind of like go out and then back. And then we just kept getting close enough that we were like, I think we can we do can it. do it. I think we can that's do awesome. it. And then we get to it, and we're like, so we're four and a half miles in, and we're just absolutely exhausted and we're like we have to go back we have to turn around we got to do this all over again we're like i don't know if we can make it but the girls did amazing and we're so wow but yeah that that, the hiking combined with then you go to the beach and um it was abnormally warm it was like mid 80s so highly recommend madeira um lisbon yeah we liked lisbon um i think there's other kind of european capitals that um uh, we would probably recommend over it um okay i love the food um and then we spent one day in porto but it was like drenching rain so i don't have a great report on that mm, yet but right. um, we love the waterfront there but i i think portugal is amazing i definitely definitely did recommend. you take trains how'd you get around once you were there yeah we just once we were when we were in lisbon we just did ubers or walk um okay. and then we we flew obviously to madeira and then we rented a car there just um it's 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 pretty hard to get around if you don't have that. Um, right. And then Porto, we just use yeah public transportation. Cool. Do you remember what your flight redemptions were like getting there? Yeah, that was another sweet spot that we love to kind of shoot from the rooftops because I think everybody thinks it's like an Avianca IT glitch. Yeah. So Avianca, the Colombian airline that obviously Star Alliance, and so um, you can use Avianca to fly with United or Air Canada or whatever. But we use them to fly with TAP Portugal. So from JFK to Lisbon, it's 34,000 points in business class yeah. like all, all the time. But then on the way back, it's over 60. So like everybody just assumes it's an IT glitch that they're going to figure out and then set to the same, you know, there and back. That was like, I don't know, like two or three years ago and they still haven't either haven't caught it or they're fine with it. But so we, we booked that and we booked it during a, I don't know, like a 20, 30% transfer bonus. Um, awesome. So it was like 28, 29,000 points each in business class. I mean, it wasn't the 
like best you know business class. But I've it's heard cool. that about Tap Portugal. But you're still lying down. Yeah, it's better than yeah. the bent yeah. knees. Yeah, you're you're doing fine. Yeah. Um, honestly, the biggest bummer was just that it's like a six hour, twenty minute flight from JFK to to Lisbon. So it's just that like, is it. so fast. It's like that a is wild. Yeah, it's just like on the same whatever latitude. Like it was just like that's almost too short. If you're, if you're in, I think you it know. makes a little more sense why they bought a, a vacation home there. Like that's an easy place to get to. Yeah, that's quick. Yeah, um, they can rent it out the rest of the time. One thing you said that some of our listeners are kind of new to the points and miles world. And so you brought up a really a great point. Um, and that was capitalizing on transfer bonuses. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the Chase family, yeah. if you're in the Amex family, every month they kind of offer month-ish, they offer bonuses, different things. Air Canada might have a 20% transfer bonus, or Iberia might have a 30% transfer bonus. And so it's really helpful when you can capitalize on that for building your tickets because it just makes your points go so much further. For sure. Like one of our very first um, business class redemptions was like Delta One. Um, and we used the Virgin Atlantic where they've got the 50,000, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, points for, you know, Europe um, business class. And uh, I think it was during a 40% Virgin Atlantic transfer bonus. So wow. it was like 30 like something thousand. And you're just like, I feel like this is cheating, but okay, let's do it. Um, that, that is awesome. I saw the built app was uh, on their yeah. rent day just this week was having these massive transfer bonuses. <laughs> I didn't have any of the right points to transfer and I was really upset about it. It was like a one day thing, but transfer bonuses are so awesome. They have are. you noticed any rhyme or reason to when certain ones come out or is it kind of just like a Russian roulette? I feel like it's the same like airlines that are pretty consistent, like Air France, Air Canada, Avianca, um, where I don't know I don't know fully the economics of that, but I feel like there's a few like they're never they're never doing those to like A and A. Um there there's certain one the Delta, like there's certain ones that like it's just, you know, profitable enough for them that they don't they don't need to um do it to those. But I missed the time like, a couple of years ago in September, like American Express did like, I don't know, ten or eleven at once in one month. Wow. So that only happened once and I haven't wow. seen it again. So that's kind of a, a bummer. But Oh, that is too bad. Well, it kind of in that vein is, um, are there any other apps like the Built app or like Rakuten? Do you mess around with the shopping portals and the offers and kind of other ways to do points besides just welcome bonuses? Yeah. One of my favorite apps, and it's not a specifically like a, um, you know, points and miles app, but it's the, the flighty app just cause then that goes back to the nerdum kind of piece of like, it just tracks all of my flights coming up. It tells me if there's a cancellation before even the airline tells me, it tells me like, where's your oh, plane wow. and, um, you know, how many miles that I flew last year, <laughs> you know, and that's awesome. I haven't even heard of this. How many countries you've been too. And yeah, it's, it's really fun uh, to kind of nerd out on it. But, um, last year, I think we earned, I think just under a hundred thousand American airlines miles by using the advantage shopping portal. So like wow. the running joke in our house was like what meal or wine subscription box was coming <laughs> this week. <laughs> I'd always like, I'd find when it's at the all time high of like blue apron is 5,500. And like, with those like first box, you know, discounts, like you easily can get a, a box like for nine ninety nine. 
And so right. you're getting 5,500 American Airlines miles, which we value, I don't know, 1.7, 1.8 cents. Um, I mean, you're talking $100 easy in value of miles for a $10 box. Like, again, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sign <laughs> me up. Absolutely. And you yeah. just cancel it. At, you'll just find yeah. it, target it, and then get rid of it. Yeah, I always watch because they always have different terms and conditions for each. So I think that one's like you have to keep your account open for like 30 or 45 days, but it doesn't say you have to get boxes the whole time. Mm. So I just, I'd pause for the five, six weeks and then go in and cancel. And, um, and they're very explicit. Like you can only get one per account number or loyalty account number. So right. it's not like I got a thousand of those five thousand <laughs> point bonuses, but got one and then you move on to the next one. But um, honestly, it it helped us get, it helped me get American Airlines executive platinum status, which- That's awesome. I've loved this year. So it seems um, like one of those things in travel hacking that people think, oh, okay, that's a little tedious. But when then you think about, okay, but it got me enough points to earn a flight to Europe, you know, when you kind of realize, wait, 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 you're not talking about little bits of points. You're talking about points that are adding up quickly and you can actually do big things with. And I like to stack. So I'll do both. I I tend to be more of a Chase and Amex girl. And both of them have offers that I can stack with the shopping portals, you know, for those um, meal delivery boxes and services. And it, like you said, it makes it so affordable. And then when you think about how much value those points have, I mean, it really is worth looking into and putting a little bit of the time and effort to do it. For sure. 100%. Well, talk to us about how you stay organized doing all of that, because especially if you're, you know, doing the portal stuff and the stacking and the different cards, I I, I feel like you have a system. Yeah. Well, and I, I think I've had long answers probably up to this point, but I think you'll get a really short one on this because after 10 <laughs> years, you just kind of like figure out your, your process uh, to make sure you stay organized. But um, we use the Travel Freely app to, to track 524 status, like you know, when we open up cards or when our minimum spend for sign up bonuses is due, things like that. Um, we also have like our own spreadsheet as a backup. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know, I just like to, I like do it at the same time. Just, I don't even know if I really need it. It's just more for peace of mind. Yeah. But that's also where we track like what are our points and miles balances, you know, when are certain points and miles maybe going to expire. Um, um, and then we also have a checklist that we made for every time we open up a new card. Like, mm. I just like, I just like automating as much as humanly possible, just because I know I'll forget something, even though I've done it, like I said, 60 times. Yeah. Like, I still am a human and I'm going to forget things. Like one time I forgot to set up auto pay and I was like so annoyed with myself. And I was just like, I'm not going to let that happen again. So I literally just have a checklist uh, as a little like, you know, note on my, you know, desktop, desktop to my computer of like, hey, set up auto pay, you know, add it to the spreadsheet, add it to, you know, the travel freely app, set up reminders to, closer downgrade the card within a year uh, yeah set up you know schedules for if there's any credits on the card so it just has all of those little check boxes and i just do them and i'm done yeah that's really smart now what was your most recent card that you've opened yeah so i'm kind of going in a little different direction than i ever have um is we opened up the u.s bank business leverage card which is oh. i know the horror it's a cash back card, uh, <laughs> which again, we've never, we've never done. Um, but I think it goes back to that point I was making earlier of um, we sometimes 
you know, spend all the time on getting there. And then what we do, like lodging that we have when we're there. But because I am a little tighter, like sometimes I'm just like, you know, we're going to eat PB&Js for, pack PB&Js for lunch. And we're going to go out like only one, you know, night too. And we're not going to do these experiences because we have a very strict budget. And then Courtney's like, that's great, but we're in Switzerland. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we do some stuff and I get it. And so um, we at, we're just adding a few cashback cards that we just kind of put into a, an account that's just like fun travel money. I love uh, that. Not for like the things like paying for Airbnbs or, you know, passport renewals, any of that stuff that we do actually just budget for. It's just for the fun, like, okay, let's go to a nice restaurant. Like that's not something we normally would do. Um, so it feels weird because for, I don't know, probably six, seven years, it's been so heavy on the, you know, travel rewards. Um, but um, we're just trying something new right now. Well, we had um, we had our uh, another guest on Heather to talk about Disney, and kind of the first thing she says is, when it comes to Disney, you take all travel hacking wisdom and you throw it out the window, and mm-hmm. it it does focus a lot on like purchase erasers or, or cash back because sometimes it's not about the greatest redemption in terms of cents per point or whatever. Sometimes it's about like we are making these memories and these experiences where we're meeting goals that we have for ourselves. How can we reach those? And maybe a goal is to have a fancy dinner in Switzerland and a cashback card is such a great way to achieve that. I love it. For sure. Mary Ellen is going to Switzerland. Maybe you guys should talk about Switzerland for a minute because she's got a big anniversary trip coming up. It's true. We're going to be um, kind of like you and your wife going to Peru. The grandparents are coming and oh. we're going to do a huge 15th wedding anniversary trip to Switzerland. We're flying business class. We're going to be able to check out the the new Capital One um, lounge at oh. Dulles All in right. Washington. And we're going to fly, uh, we're going to fly Air France business class over. We're flying through Paris and to Geneva to start. Mm. And then we're going to kind of work our way over to Zurich and fly out uh, Iberia business class. We're going to hop over to Madrid and fly back um, that way. So we are pumped and we have quite the itinerary figured out, but I would love to know if you have anything off the top of your head you can remember from Switzerland that you really loved or think we absolutely cannot miss. I think unequivocally Switzerland is my favorite place on earth. And I don't yes. want to wow. set up, I don't want to set up expectations uh, for you. Um, but I think I just did. <laughs> but just the, the, the majesty of the Alps, the, the people, the even just like there's no moment like you're driving from one thing to another and you're like where am i like <laughs> like i mean it's probably i we haven't been to new zealand so like maybe it's a, a similar vibe for that like i just for me what gets me the most isn't beaches um i mean i love hiking but like it's it's majesty like it's just like mm-hmm. beautiful like where you're like this is so unlike indianapolis indiana you know like it's just right. the opposite that you're just like it's just awe inspiring and i think you'll just constantly be that way um we loved burn like i don't think it's talked about a ton but right there smack in the middle we loved burn um uh, we flew into to zurich but then quickly we drew drove to we stayed at lake lake lucerne which was stunning um beautiful um i'm forgetting the, the the name of it but there's like this um lookout that you can like literally walk out i don't know probably 50, 75 feet. And then you, you look down and it's glass and you're like, wow. you know, 
thousands of feet in wow. the air. And then you're looking out to probably, you, you see like a, you know, 300, 400 mile radius. The bummer is like, it was completely cloudy that day. Uh, oh no. <laughs> we did it. So we couldn't even literally see two feet below us, but we did that, you know, kind of funny Instagram, like versus reality video. Yes. <laughs> we have definitely done that. We went to the Grand Canyon and my husband says we can't even say that we've been there, but we have been there, but it was a hundred percent fogged in. You could not see a foot in front of your face <laughs> off the side yeah. of it. So we, we have been to the Grand Canyon. We did not see the Grand Canyon. <laughs> that is, that was exactly our experience. But if you go on a nice day, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I it's definitely been my one dream location my whole life. And I feel like we have a friend who lives there. Actually, he's a teacher. He's from the U.S., but he moved to Switzerland out of college and has been teaching there ever since. And I remember when we first got married, he said, come visit me. And I was like, yes, I want to. My husband was in grad school. I was a teacher. We did not know about travel hacking. And it just did not seem like a reality, but it has always been that place that I wanted to go the most. And we always kept saying one day, one day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, we've been married. This is going to be 15 years. Wow. We are doing That's this. We're making this happen. So I am super pumped for it. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Of my 2024, we have quite the rundown for 2024. We're, thanks to travel hacking. We're doing a lot of great stuff this year, but I know that is going to be probably the most special for me. Yeah. Do you have anything exciting on the books for 2024? Yeah, I think um, we usually plan out like 11 months in advance, like right when most award inventory opens up. Like I know some people that's just not their, their vibe, like they're more, you know, spur of the moment, but uh, it's just how we do it. But so I can actually tell you everything we're doing. Uh, tell and, us, <laughs> give us the lineup. So we're, we're, uh, we are travel hacking Disney in a few weeks. And so using some of the cashback stuff that we've uh, been accumulating. Um, but then Courtney and I are doing a, a Hilton all inclusive in, in Mexico with some friends in early Ooh. February. And then we're going to Chile, um, so Patagonia in April. That's going to um, be cool. And then, um, uh, Turks and Caicos in the fall, but the big one is we're going to do a safari in the Masai Mara of Kenya in June. Yes. Oh. So, I've heard that safaris are notoriously difficult to travel hack. So did you find a way? It's gotten easier, I think, right? There is a there is a Marriott that um, has opened up recently, but they availability for, for two kids is, is not great. But uh -huh. um, well, the thing, like I'm heading over to Nairobi for... Um, the last of five trips, like I've taken to Kenya over the last 18 months for work. And then, wow. so Courtney's going to be killer brave and is going to meet me over there with the two girls about a week later. Wow. And again, the horror, I tried my hardest, but I couldn't find them business class over there. I'm sending them in economy for two eight hour flights. But um, oh like I've heard, I've heard others talk about like, you can usually have two out of three things when it comes to you know, award availability, like you can have price, destination, or dates, mm. but rarely you can have all three. And like, I always am, am looking at, I don't have a specific destination in mind. I'm just like, where does the deal lead me? And like, I can be kind of loose on dates because we're in two week windows for breaks. But here I had specific dates and a specific destination in mind. And so the availability just wasn't there. And so we did use flying blue miles to to get them over there in economy. And then we're going to fly Brussels air and business class on the way back. But, well, that'll be um, nice. But yeah, I think that's honestly the, one of the big reasons we're doing cash back is, is like once we get there, like 
the safari probably won't be able to be used with points. And, you know, right. the, the flight from Nairobi to the Masamara is, is, you know, probably not going to be on Kenya airways or, um, <laughs> and so we're, we're just trying to bulk up a lot so we can, um, you know, throw them, throw them down over there. So. Oh my God. Can I tell you, I have um, done that. I have gone to Kenya and I've I done that. I didn't know that. Fun fact I've been to a safari in Masai Mara. I've done that oh. flight that you just talked about, the little, little hop over, and you feel yeah. like you are literally la- like you're in this tiny plane and you land on this dirt strip yeah. in the middle yeah. of 100%. the safari. It is How many insane. Oh, wow. It has been, it's been. Gosh, I can't even over 15 years. I wasn't married. I did take my husband back to Kenya. So I went to Kenya originally the first time in college on a mission trip uh, and made a lot of great contacts in Kenya, really fell in love with the country of Kenya, Nairobi. And so when I got married a couple years later, I wanted to take my husband. So we went the two of us, and we went to visit the same people that I met on my original trip, but we were, we did not go with a, with a group that time for the mission trip. But, um, we, I didn't take him over to Masai Mara, so he didn't get to do the safari. We did kind of stay in Nairobi. They have a little mini safari. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He got to do that, but it's funny too, that you bring it up because I literally told my husband yesterday, I think the next big trip that I want to plan is, I don't know about Kenya, maybe Kenya, maybe South Africa. I have some friends that just did a safari um, near Cape town. And so they, there's a nice direct flight to Cape town that I've been eyeing. So I don't know, that might be on my radar. You're encouraging me. I'm I'm taking this as a sign that I need to go back to Africa. Do it. I love, I say Switzerland is my favorite, but Nairobi, I mean, Kenya is honestly a close second. Yeah, the people, uh, I just fell in love with everything about Kenya and Nairobi. So I still am in communication with some folks there and love the things that they're doing and just love who they are as people. So hopefully one day I will take my kids there too. You're you're inspiring me. Oh, you will. You will. <laughs> you can do anything now. That's the magic of travel hacking. <laughs> I think safaris for me always seem like the people I work for tend to always be like very millionaire class go to all the continents, go to safaris. And I was always like, well, that's those people. Sure. I never, ever felt like it was attainable. And mm-hmm. now it is. And that's so magical to me. I did have one more question about cards. I would love to know if you feel like you have a favorite card. I know mm. there's 60 of them to choose from. Well, they're not all active just over the course <laughs> of the years. I don't want people to think I'm, you know, too insane. Um, but I, it might be cliche, but I love our capital one venture x um like three hundred dollar travel credit a hundred dollar basically you know with the ten thousand anniversary points like you're at the annual fee from day one um and then plus like the priority pass where it's free you know um additional card holders and so like our whole family can get into to lounges with that um it's just it's a no it's a no-brainer for us that's what got it for me was the the additional lounge access for the family because we had lounge access my husband did with Amex Platinum but we couldn't get our entire family in and so that's that's what really hooked me for the Venture X for sure. Well, I don't have that card yet, guys, but we just did an episode <laughs> about it and it keeps just getting pushed on me. I was focusing on the inks for a while, but I don't know. I'm sure you've heard by now that's going away, that elevated yeah, offer. I did. January and, 18th, right? Yes. And I am mourning that because I was planning on getting a few more before that went away. And now it is, it's too late for me because I just yeah, got to. 
We did our fourth or fifth today. I can't even remember. Uh, I only got two. Well, between us, but yeah, between my Courtney and I and my wife. But yeah, that gravy train is slowing down, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sad about it. I pivoted for a minute to focus on the companion pass um, because my Vive 24 was all messed up and I've had to wait for certain things. And uh, now it's it's too late. They will not give me another ink before I run out of time. So that's very sad. Jordan, just to clarify for our listeners, with the U.S. bank card, cashback card that you opened, that's not a a debit card checking account situation. That's a credit card that counts as a 524 spot. It's a business card. Um, okay. And so it, it doesn't. I know there's a few like, like what is it, Discover or some, some of the Capital One cards that, that business cards that do count to 524 status, but um, this is not one of those. Um, so that's not one you hear a lot of people, um, a lot of people talking about, but it sounds like an interesting one. You said 600 is the cashback amount on that? 750. Oh, 750. Uh, I don't know where I heard 600. 750 and it's the first year of the card is the annual fees waived. Um, oh, so, that's yeah. awesome. What's the minimum spin requirement? It is 7,500 over four months though. So Okay. okay. That's, that's doable. More, that's doable. Yeah. that yeah. I mean, that's still about 2,000 a month I think is pretty doable for an average family. So yeah, for sure. All right. That's what I'm going to have to do some research on. Well, if you were starting all the way over at the beginning of this entire travel hacking hobby- <laughs> What is one thing you know now that you wish somebody had told you when you were getting started? Pretend like our listeners know nothing. Give us your best. If you don't mind, I'm going to give two because the first one I just feel like anytime I get a chance to say it, like I feel like I have to is like get your financial house in order first. Like I know we've already talked about it, but I just like I have to say it over and over again. Oh, preach. We love that here. Yeah, points and miles is secondary to like growing your net worth and moving towards financial independence and investing for retirement. Like, like for me, like yes, points and miles is more flashy, but like the thing that sustains you, that foundation is you know um, your personal finance. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think the biggest would just be like do the travel that you actually enjoy, like. Don't chase somebody else's dreams. Like if you don't want to go, that's kind of cliche, but if you don't want to go to the Maldives, then don't. Like if you like hiking Zion and Arches, like do it. Um, you know, we used points to stay at a at a Hilton just a couple miles out of Zion and loved it. Like points are versatile. Um, they don't have to just be used for extravagant, you know, beach vacation. And then go at your own pace of like, you don't have to open up 60 cards in 10 years. You know, don't compare yourself to the person next door or the you know, account you follow on Instagram. So absolutely. I want to highlight, I've heard you say multiple times throughout this um, episode, Hilton, you seem to be a Hilton guy. And tell me more about where you like to transfer your points to Hilton. Cause we talk so much about Hyatt, right? That's the most popular one, but it seems like you've found some good value with Hilton. So tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, I definitely like Hyatt. Uh, <laughs> <for sure. laughs> but, um, I, I've never transferred points to Hilton. Just it's it's never like with an American Express, you know, even when it's at the like transfer bonus of was it, you know, three Hilton, you know, uh, points per, per, you know, American Express point. It's still the economics just hasn't worked out. Mm-hmm. So we just literally between Courtney and, and myself and even every once in a while, I can, I can convince my, my dad to <laughs> get in on it. Like we, we've just opened up every single Hilton card that is available to us um like for four years i was uh, like 
like, you know, way over 524. And so I was like, okay. And let, so we, we, just, <laughs> we just rode that train. And so, um, um, I, I tend to, I love, I tend to love, uh, Hilton's and yeah, they're like, they're also, the redemptions are a crazy amount of points, but then it's just so easy to, to earn them as well. Um, it kind of, yeah. Evens out. So it, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's really great for our listeners too, because especially those starting out, you might want to start with some of the cards that have the transferable point currencies, but then eventually you do get into getting cards for individual hotel chains. Like I just recently got a Hyatt card. You can get the Hilton cards, the IHG cards, and a lot of those reward programs do things like you mentioned earlier, Jordan, where you can get maybe your fourth night free on Mm -hmm. award stay. So you pay with the points that you earn from opening their hotel credit card. Then you book three nights of on points and then you get a fourth night free. So I think those can be very valuable things to do as well. Yeah, for sure. Don't, yeah, don't hear me say like start with those cards. Those are definitely like 201, 301 when you've kind of exhausted a lot of the, the transferable point currencies. That's a, that's a great point. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I feel like we have covered so I know I almost feel like we might need to have a part two because I don't feel like we even grazed the surface (laughs) of you know all the things that you have to offer you have so much knowledge in this space and we're so grateful for you to come and share it with us and we were hoping that you might give us another account that you like to follow in the travel hacking or travel world that you feel like our listeners could really benefit from uh, following as well well, both of you, obviously, you're great hosts and you, you, you send out great content, but I have a feeling if they're listening to this, they probably already are. But um, it's not explicitly travel hacking, but I like we love the mom trotter. Like, she's just an amazing follower. She's funny, spunky, lives with her family in like a traveling RV, um, hits oh, some awesome. stuff from time to time, but I, probably specifically travel hacking. We do love our family passport. Like she's clear, very accessible for beginners. Uh, and just seems like honestly just a legitimately kind person, which I appreciate. <laughs> yes, we love legitimately kind people here. <laughs> this is their space. Well, we're going to link both of those in the show notes. And also, will you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, sorry. It's so many letters. Um, so get, <laughs> your, get your hands ready. But uh, yeah, it's the Frugal and Free Travelers. So you can find us on Instagram or the thefrugalandfreetravelers.com. Amazing. Is there anything else that you want to tell our listeners before we go? Anything you offer in terms of like consultations or anything like that? Tell us what you do. That's very generous of you. Yeah. So we have like an intro to, to mile, points and miles. Uh, uh, it's an ebook. When I first came out with it, I called it a PDF, but it's like 60 pages. And so the feedback <laughs> is like, that's very deceiving. Just call it a book because it's, it's, it's pretty long. Um, but it kind of points to like, hey, if you're this kind of traveler, like, yeah, probably the Southwest Companion Pass or something like this, that's, you know, not as intense, go this way. Or if you're more this person, you want to do some of what we're doing. Here's the more kind of advanced way to do it. Um, and then we, we do do, you know, consultations uh, as well. Awesome. Everyone can find the link to your website in the notes down below and make sure you go follow them on Instagram. Their page is very addicting and very beautiful. You'll scroll for hours. So just take that warning before you head over there. Jordan, I want you to give your wife props because I know is she a photographer, right? She does a lot of that kind of stuff for the account. She is the wizardry behind that account. I am. I'm the content and she's the she's the aesthetics, the beauty. Well, I'll tell her she's doing a great job. Yeah, she really is. Well, thank you so much for being here again. We appreciate your time. It was a joy. 
If you enjoyed this show today, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We would really, really appreciate it. It helps boost us in the algorithm. Mary Ellen, where can everybody find you on social media? You can find me at Family Travel for the Win with the number four. And you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Hacking Our Wanderlust. You guys, it would mean the world to us if you would use one of the links in our show notes or find us on social media, shoot us a DM. We'd be happy to send you a referral link and answer any questions you may have about cards you're interested in. Do not Google, find a link. If you have any questions, please send them our way at hackingyourwanderlust at gmail.com and we will see you next time.